and I came home, it was around Halloween and I'd flown home that Friday and I was sitting in with mom and dad on the Friday because I hadn't seen them in a few months and I remember the Late Late Show was on and I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God and I kept chicken it out and I said, no, on the next ad break, I'm going to tell them. Literally, that was it. So the next ad break came up and I said, oh, um, can I can I talk to you for a second? And then I told them I'm gay and oh. my dad, who was completely stunned and in shock, stood up and gave me a hug and said, well, we'll always love you. Oh. Ah. Around the world, around the world, in 80 gays, in 80 gays, around the world, around the world, in 80 gays, in 80 gays, heroes of our bygone days who fought for freedom and equality. Icons, anthems coming out, pronouns, drag queen struggles, life and love. Around the world, around the world, in 80 gays, in 80 gays, around the This week, our guest is TV host and broadcaster Darren Kennedy. Kennedy, you say? Uh Haha. Darren also has a weekly interiors column in the Irish Independent magazine, plus his own grooming line, Kennedy and Co. You have a grooming line too, haven't you? (laughs) He is currently in New York City, and today he is beaming to us across the internet to share with us his coming out story as well as his gay icons and inspirations. Welcome to the podcast, Darren Darren Kennedy. Kennedy. Dublin calling New York. Is that Darren Kennedy? Oh, hi. Who's this? This <laughs> is Brian Kennedy and this is... Hi, this is Catherine Lynch. <laughs> and welcome to Around the World in 80 Gays. The great thing is we're actually going around the world this time to New York. How yeah. are you? I love it. I'm good. I'm really good. I'm really, really well. It's obviously a little bit earlier in the morning here. So what time is it, Darren? It's 10 a.m. Oh, my God. I sound quite raspy. I wasn't. I was actually in bed by 11 p.m. last night. I just uh-huh. I can hear myself now. It takes a while for the L, uh, the pipes to warm up. Well, we, we definitely know you're not on 20 fags a day anyway. Cause, uh, we know that. Your lifestyle seems very um, healthy, actually. You can't I hate smoking. I hate smoking. Yeah. I hate yeah. it. I hate, like, literally, if, I, you know, if I'm dating or going to date with someone they smoke, it's just such a turn off. Yeah, I agree. Off. I have an emergency one every so often. It's nearly like a beta blocker. So if I really, <laughs> if I really get stressed, I'll have one cigarette. And, you, and normally I have one on New Year's <laughs> Eve just to be a punk because uh, everything gives up. And Catherine used one. to live here in this house, right, yeah. where we're talking from. Do you know how many emergencies she used to have a week? Oh, <laughs> more <I've>, than one. <laughs> more than one a day, I can imagine. I one now, but anyway. Exactly. So Darren, tell us. How come you've ended up in one of my favorite cities in the world? I lived there before, as did Catherine. How come you're in New York? What's going on? Well, I mean, listen, you know, it's so funny. Post pandemic, people are like, oh my God, you're in New York or you're in London or you're in whatever. Pre pandemic, no one batted an eyelid. I think it's so funny that since the pandemic, people have become much more aware of your location. Yeah. Um, and I'm just working, I'm bouncing around as I always do. I mean, for the past 10, 12 years, my life has been all over the world um, yeah. and I've kind of had a foot one foot in several cities at a time so at the moment I'm in New York but I'm bouncing back and forth to, to Ireland the whole time so you know as as lovely as it is sometimes it can be tricky because people never really know where you are which can be good and can be bad Um, it's like awful when there's like some sort of great party on and your friends are like oh my god I thought you were away I'm like no I'm here um, so I'm in New York at the moment I'm, only um everyone on dry january and horrible weather so yeah you're definitely missing nothing <laughs> well i mean it's not it's not particularly glamorous weather here actually um at the moment i mean it's kind of similar to it's ireland snowing. 
No, it's not snowing. No, but I actually I head to LA on Wednesday, so I'm hoping it's going to be a bit warmer down there. Yeah, that's oh, what nice we hear. So it's all in the fashion industry and in the uh, grooming and all that sort of stuff. You're still out at out well, there. It's, yeah. it's the land of TV, really. That's what's yeah. kind of capturing my my attention. Um, can you give us a little a little exclusive? Anything coming up that you can let us know about? You know, there's lots of things coming up, Brian. But I've never been one of those people who'll say, "Oh, I've got this until it's signed, sealed, delivered, and we've got a date." I'm like, I don't talk about it I'm because. The same. Do you know what I mean? I just hate that. It's like, oh yeah, I've got a, this amazing project coming up and la la la. And, and then, then it like, doesn't happen for whatever reason. Exactly. Yeah. And I always remember, I heard that story um, and thank God, no, you know, things, you think they're going to happen and then all of a sudden, the last minute they get dropped and that's the nature of the business. But I do remember this story that horrified me about, um, I think it's Matt Richardson, you know, the comedian, the British comedian, yeah, lovely guy. So he had signed up to do, like to be the new host of The Extra Factor or the yeah. X Factor, sorry, the X Factor with Caroline Flack. He was on his on his way on the train to Cardiff for the very first uh, live auditions to do yeah. his first show, had signed the contract on that train. So bearing in mind, as far as I know, that train from London does not stop. So yeah. after this phone call, he still had to continue on to Cardiff. He got the call saying he'd been dropped and he'd been replaced with Ollie Murs. Yeah, you uh. see, in any other business other than ours, you wouldn't be allowed to do that. Cause yeah. But, um, so, like, yeah. so it's just kind of like it's kind of horrendous so i'm like until it's on air i'm like yeah. take nothing for granted i totally agree now tell us this that me and Catherine were trying to put this off air uh you have a wee dog called harry do you still I, have harry i do harry is and actually i don't know if anyone saw my instagram last week i put up a video which seemed to spark a lot of emotion in harry's fans um he's 16.5 16 and a half years old uh, will be 17 in August. He's a mini Yorkshire Terrier. Now, he's gorgeous, but do you know what? It's, guys, it's, I, in the past six months, it's kind of broken my heart because in the, he's just, it, the kind of harshness of age has kicked in and you can kind of yeah. see how he's declined quite rapidly in the past six months, but he's still I healthy. So, I remember when, um, I must know you that, length of time because i remember meeting you and your ex-partner with uh yeah oh sure i know i know catherine i know you i was first introduced to you in your busty days oh my god and then you know me (laughs) and by that people at home listening busty lycra is one of her characters (laughs) i love busty (laughs) i think busty lycra needs to come back she does need to come back i think all my characters need to come back they've taken their slaps on their wrists they're good girls now. They know <laughs> they know how not to get cancelled, so they all should come back. I'd say Liz Hurley is on a motorbike in LA somewhere with Samantha Fox. <laughs> Hopefully, she's with me. Samantha Fox, if you're listening, please come on our podcast. Oh yeah, that she would be yeah. amazing. Do you know her at all? No, no. I mean, not at all. <laughs> I, I, mean, I, I barely know who she is. If I'm being honest, I know the exactly. name. Do you know what I'd love to know? We both would love to know. Do you have a coming out story, like in terms of you know Darren being a young teenager? What, can you set us up about exactly how that all happened when you were kind of ready to, we call it letting in story, like letting people into your real life. Yeah, God, it's, um, you know, I'm always, I love hearing the stories of, of young, younger gaylings today and, and these yes. fabulous stories of, you know, it's almost like a, they have their own pride party, you know, with their school. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's amazing. You know, you see Heartstopper Netflix. That it wasn't like that for me. Um, and I, you know, I'd like to think that I'm not Jurassic. It's not that long ago, but it's long enough that things have changed. Um, I, I really struggled actually with coming out. I was coming to terms with my own sexuality was a real battle. 
you know, when I think back to it, it was a really challenging time. Um, I'm not going to say traumatic. I think the point leading up to coming out was a little bit traumatizing for me, actually, when I look back on it. Um, I went to, you know, grew up in a really ordinary family on the north side of Dublin, went to a Christian brother's school, all boys, which I hated. Yeah, I think it's very unhealthy, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's so toxic. And, you know, my school in particular was all about GAA. And it was like, if you played GAA, you could do anything. And if you didn't, you were invisible. Which, I only wanted was a bit of GAY. I mean, yeah. that's all. Like, literally. And don't get me wrong, I was quite happy to be invisible. But yeah. um, school was kind of tough. It would be nice to have a, a girlfriend then, which yeah. was, is exactly what every boy oh, needs coming out. Yeah. You know? Like, my world opened up. Gay boy yeah. loves a girlfriend, don't they? That's the irony of being a young gay boy. Actually, the people you really can relate to are other young girls. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and just, like, feel safe you know, feel safe in their company. But anyway, I, I kind of was, was battling with my own sexuality and denied it for some time. And I was like, no, I'm not gay. And, you know, why would I be gay? Sure. You know, life is so tough for gay people. Yeah. And, um, and then eventually, I guess the, the realization um, overtook, you know, when you realize, oh, hold on. I am like, this is me. Like I can't hide this. And, um, I eventually found the courage to come out to my family who, you know, there was mixed reactions, but overall it was just love. How old were you? I was 17 and I had just, I had moved to France. Oh, lovely. What part? Yeah, you know, I had come out to some of my friends prior to this and I eventually, and I came out to my brother and he's like, he looked at me, he was painting the front door of the house and he went, he looked at me with this shocked <laughs> face. He's five years old at me and he said, don't tell mom and dad. Right. And I was like, okay. And, um, I eventually told my parents actually one evening I'd flown home from France. So I was studying in France. I was in Bordeaux, Catherine. And oh, um, I was like, I need to tell them because I chickened out in it twice. And I came home, it was around Halloween and I'd flown home that Friday and I was sitting in with mom and dad on the Friday because I hadn't seen them in a few months. And I remember the Late Late Show was on and I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And I kept chickening out and I said, no, on the next ad break, I'm going to tell them. <laughs> Literally, that was it. So the next ad break came up, and I said, "Oh, um, can I can I talk to you for a second? And then I told them I'm gay. And my poor mother, who I'm very close to, like broke down and ran upstairs to the bedroom. Oh. And my dad, who was completely stunned and in shock, stood up and gave me a hug and said, "Well, we'll always love you." Oh. Ah. Yeah, yeah. It was lovely, but you know what? That was only the beginning. Sorry. Cry. Your mother probably cried just because she was worried because it was harder to be gay in those days, and they're not they're not that long ago because you're. I still think it's still harder. Man. Yeah. But no. But at, when when he came out, it was a. Yeah. What year would? Can you remember the year uh, that was? It would have been around two thousand. Right. Yeah. Around then, well, maybe I mean, ninety nine, probably ninety nine, two thousand. Right. And the thing about it is, I always say, you know, and funny enough, I had I was in the George a couple of weeks ago. And this woman came up to me and she said, oh, my God, I've got a 17 year old son and he's just come out as bisexual. That's part of the reason why we're in here tonight. I'm in here with my sisters and my friends. And she goes, and I love gay people, but I'm just so I wasn't expecting it. I'm so worried for him. And that's the thing. When it's when it lands on your doorstep, if you've never yeah. experienced it before, it's the unknown. Yeah, it's, it's the fear the of the unknown. unknown. And that was the thing that happened with my parents. And, and in those was, days, uh, marriage equality wasn't there yet. So your mother was worried about your chances of meeting a problem, you yeah. know. Fitting into society as, as now is completely normal. And it's the early days of us being legal, like 92, 93, yeah. around then. You know, so it wasn't even a decade later that you came out to your parents. And that's the thing my mother him? said. Sorry. My mother said to me, she, she said to me, she goes, like, her biggest concern was her 
vision of happiness for me was me meeting a lovely woman, getting married and having kids. And she didn't understand or she didn't have a picture of what happiness can yeah. be as a gay man. And I said, and I remember saying to her, I said, ma'am, that to me would not be happiness. So yeah. that took a while. And, you know, they eventually came around and then they're like, then like fast forward a couple of years, my parents would be messaging me going, where are you? We're in the George. The music's great. I was like, <laughs> that is great. And they met a lovely fella for you. And you, you know, oh God, they one, all the time. I remember one, one night them and their best friends at the time, Diane and Tony, they were like, Oh my God. I was like, Oh, you just went out last night. And he said, yeah. Um, we were in the George, um, who was playing one of their favorite, one of their favorite artists. Um, Oh, what's that guy with the really high pitched voice? Uh, Jimmy Somerville. Jimmy Somerville, yeah. They were front of the stage of Jimmy Somerville living their best lives. Living their best lives. I remember that night I was there too. (laughs) Well, here's the thing about Jimmy Somerville. He he would have been one of the people, when I first heard Small Town Boy, I suddenly heard a record that kind of was singing about my experience. Did you have an artist, a gay inspiration, that spoke to you in that way through the TV? Oh, so it's kind of, this sounds so kind of cheesy, right? But I remember... Like when I was in school, every day I'd come home after school, like just happy to be alive that they hadn't eaten me alive and shred, yes. you know what I mean, right? Yeah, so I every day was a little success. And then coming home was always it's my safe environment. I felt so comfortable at home. And we used to put on, so I'd get home around 4 p.m. and there was that MTV Select. Oh, yeah. Um, and I used to watch MTV Select and that was like literally the coolest thing on the planet. And I remember one day I was sitting there having my post-school snack which was probably about 17 slices of white bread buttered <laughs> with cheese and crisps delicious and some angel delight to follow yeah. oh. <laughs> yeah, I, like literally this is my little snack before dinner and uh, i was an animal still am and um we this all of a sudden i think it was donna air at the time um and she said you know oh we've got this new you know this new artist his name is ricky martin and next oh, of all yeah. this latino firecracker came on the tv and i was like literally i was like i found my tribe right and he was singing he was singing um maria was that the one and i i chose this song for my song for the week when we got to choose our own song on dancing with the stars and the story behind it for me is i just watched it and went oh my god there is a bigger brighter world outside of St. Aidan's in Santry and Whitehall, where... So did he know he was gay? I didn't know. I just, there was something about... Obviously, I thought he was incredibly handsome, but I just Uh thought there was the freedom in that video that I saw. I saw freedom. I saw a world where... clothes and the colours. The the colours. And also this man who's so comfortable in his own skin. I had no idea if he was gay or not, but I just remember thinking... He wasn't out in the world. No, No, he he wasn't. He was always in the magazines with the latest girlfriend and all exactly. that sort of stuff. Yeah. So that but, um, was, that's, yeah. that's the kind of first song that kind of gave me an insight into like a, a possibility. And again, I don't know what it was about it, but it was just a It's your instinct. That's your yeah. gay instinct. Yeah. yeah. I think you must have picked up on something. I remember seeing George Michael the first time with Wham oh. Rap and the, the leather thing. And, and I was a little kid in Belfast, but I do remember thinking, hang on a minute, something there for me didn't know what that was yeah and it disappeared you have an instinct i think early on about your tribe when they give you a little wave from oh, the I screen i had that about bruce springsteen did you <laughs> no way and then i, oh, yeah, I did i remember thinking that was the first time i went oh, what's that tingle yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it a bit of that 
one with the with Tingling the handkerchief. your Peringo. In I his, love uh, it. Back pocket. Do you know that one with his sexy ass? I do jeans. remember that. Yeah. Then mm-hmm. I met him in real life. Do you know what's funny tall. about that? In gay world, in gay language, if you were, isn't this right, Darren? Do you know about this? There's a language Freddie where you Freddie Mercury. Handkerchief. Freddie Mercury. If you oh, wear yeah. a particular colored handkerchief in your back pocket, it, yeah. I think it meant you were a bottom. Yeah, yes. no, he was not signaling to you. He yes. was signaling to me. Okay. Oh my God, no, he's not to claim Bruce Springsteen. No, no. I'm not. Oh, I don't fancy Bruce. <laughs> I think I like George, George, George Michael in is it George Michael in Freedom in that video? Yeah. He has a handkerchief at his back pocket. Yeah, oh, and it's great. Yeah. And it was a real one of those. Freddie Mercury as well. So I, for a spell, I lived in London for quite a long time, and I lived on the yeah. Old Brompton Road and in. Uh, directly opposite a, a place called the Troubadour, which you guys might know. It's very famous kind of back in the day and for music people. And apparently, um, Freddie Mercury used to be a regular in the Troubadour at the time. And it was I remember someone telling me about the, the handkerchief in the back pocket. Uh, okay. I never knew that. That's a new thing mm. on Around the World in the 80 Gays. It's because it's a gay man yeah. thing. I think it's, it's so funny, isn't it? That, that's your gay anthem as such. So I, wrap, also- I wrap my handkerchief around my neck. <laughs> yes, good man. What does that mean? Oh, it means <laughs> wherever the breeze may bring us. Answers on a postcard. <laughs> it absolutely doesn't. But anyway, we'll move on from that conversation. <laughs> so we've gone through the gay anthem. So we a gay icon. Is there anybody in the? Can gay I also world? say sorry? My initial answer to the gay the gay anthem thing when when you told me in advance wasn't actually that song. That's the memory that sparked when we were talking. My gay yeah. anthem was Kylie Minogue spinning around. Just oh, wow. I literally it was yeah. a coming of age for me. I'd come out. I was in the George. Kylie was like in the hot, the, the the hot short pants. It was just all too much. It was that was. You were styling already. You see, you're already a stylist at that point. I was Her like, I was wearing the hot pants before Kylie. And I, you and Eddie McGinnis were <laughs> spinning around in the hot pants. Oh my god, so much fun, so much oh fun. Yeah. Who do you think is a good gay icon these days, in 2023? I mean, Elton is obviously front and center, isn't he? Yeah, but I'm just thinking. Do you know what I think? The, I think the cast of uh, Heartstopper are incredible. Yeah, because, I agree. Because they speak to a new generation. Beautiful. They, they speak to a new generation of young gays. And because it, there, there is this thing of like, oh, sure, we've had marriage equality. Everything's grand. You don't need to worry about being gay. That's not true. As a, if, you're, if you're dealing with it in your life and your world, which still is small and hasn't broken open, it's still a challenge, right? And I think well, it's a different journey now because it's a more uh, gender. They have to be more specific, and there's all that sort of. But well, there's also a fluidity to fluidity, it. Too. There's yeah. lots of young, like the young character in Heartstopper is a straight, yeah. quote unquote. You and know, I, I think there's a, one of the guys, and actually, I met the cast a couple of months ago uh, yeah. in London, and there's a guy, Kiss. I think Kiss O'Connor, or Kit Connor. He's one yeah. of the guys, and he was forced to come out as bisexual because of trolls online. I saw that recently. And it was I just a yeah, he handled it. He handled it with such grace and dignity. And I just think there's three of them. There's three main characters in that show, and I can't remember their names in real life, mm-hmm. but they're lovely, genuine young guys who are being honest in a really kind of, you know, fishbowl world. Yeah, and they've been cast into this, you know, this. Oh, they're at school, you see. They're they're at school. Oh yeah, I think they're great role models. I agree. It was beautiful. And then I think, I suppose that's what makes it more um, interesting that we call it a queer life rather now than a gay life. Now, I, I don't have the right to say that, but um, people in the world... I, I don't mind that you say that. No, well, no. I don't. I know, you know, the context I'm saying it in, but it's mm. not my word. Mm. But it's it's great that that's... Do you know what, Catherine, that's really interesting because it's also not my word. Because yeah. I grew up and that word for me had such connotations of like, oh, yeah. kind of ickiness. Yeah. So I, I think, you know what? 
if the word if the word is being reclaimed, well, then it's everyone's word. Okay, okay. You know, that's how I feel. So you have a right to say it as much as someone who's great. Like, I don't think you can. I have a real thing about words being reclaimed. I get it, but you can't say who's reclaimed and who hasn't. That's true. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's the temperature of it too. Depends on how you say it. Exactly. Exactly. So I think if your intent is positive and your intent is with with love and with an open mind, you own that word as much as I do. I thought you might say her first, actually. Yeah, no, well, I just, I, you know, I just think Panty is amazing because also Panty is not politicized, really. Yeah. And like when you talk to Panty, it's like she, she does it from a place of like really just good intent. And it's not about, yeah. it's about changing her life as much as anyone else. It's not about being yeah. an activist for the sake of, of yes. you know, the bigger picture. It's coming from her, her journey. Yeah. yeah. Like, um, uh, well, what she is, is really the freedom fighter in a way, The yeah. you know, yeah. so... Like I don't mean the freedom fighter with a gun, obviously, and a and a beret, which is good luck. But <laughs> well, I think she's a modern day Cuchulain, you know, and I, I mean that yeah. wholeheartedly. You know, she doesn't look she doesn't she hasn't got red hair and loads of muscles and a big you know shillelagh. Mm-hmm. She's got you know fabulous lipstick, a massive wig, and you know get out of her way if she's coming because she's got nothing but good things to say about queer culture and about uh, how Ireland is, yeah. is changing its shape. You know, do you know do you know who I think also is kind of under an unsung hero and not just for, for gay culture, but I just think, you know, minorities at large, Sinead O'Connor. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Have you, yeah. have you watched the Showtime documentary about Sinead O'Connor? I'm, di- I, I'm dying to watch it. I, re- I read her book and I've been lucky enough to work with her over the years, you know, all of that kind of stuff. But yes, she is, I I've think, the documentary I think me. in the history books, she yes. will absolutely come rise to the very top. Like so. she is just, you look back. So I watched a documentary not so long ago and you look back and it's like 30 years ago, she was doing and standing up for everything that the likes of Lady Gaga is doing today. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. know, she, she was like, Lady Gaga looks like a karaoke act compared to Sinead O'Connor. Well, you, <laughs> you know, she has I'm a Gaga fan her. as well. I'm a Gaga. But I just mean in terms of her messaging, in terms of, and the word that when I think of Sinead O'Connor and everything that she stands for, the word that comes to me every time, and one, one of my favorite words in, in the English language is courage, courageous. Yeah. Yes. And she is just, she leads from the heart. And I think that is and, so powerful. I mean, the Lion and the Cobra album, oh. Song is a song yeah, of courage. Yeah, yeah. Right and from the start. The fact that she ripped up the Pope's picture mm-hmm. before any of us and said, "Fight the that. real enemy." That's what. That's what yes. she said. Yeah. Yes. And yes. The documentary is amazing. Yeah. I actually bawled my eyes. Oh my god! Out. Me too. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's just so tragic. It's like a Greek tragedy. Her life. You know. Yeah, it is. She was such a warrior. Well, I think there's a price. To, always in in culture, there's a price to pay for being that brave and being that outspoken, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Darren, you're the first one that put Sinead O'Connor into the uh, gay icons, and I'm absolutely surprised that it hadn't happened before because it's such an obvious one when you say it. So thank you for that. That's she's amazing. Yeah. I, think she's I mean, it's kind of nearly a place where we could end the podcast on, do you think? Could we end it kind of around this area? The only one thing I would throw at you is, let's say there you are, Darren, and unfortunately there's a fire and you have to get out, apart from your beloved Harry, what would you grab and save? Oh, gosh. Do you know what? I don't need anything. Yeah. Ah, good answer. I actually don't need anything. Do you know what? If anything, like the past, I, I, I learned that very quickly in life, is that I actually do not need anything outside of myself. Yeah. Well, do you know what? The whole and thing I, is... Sorry, that... I don't mean... Sorry, that's excluding people. I'm talking about material yeah. things. Material things. I totally agree with you. The actual smaller my bag, the larger my life. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. you know what? That, that is a metaphor for life, Catherine. 
<laughs> it's certainly a metaphor for my life. Now. That's a good. quote now. Yeah, that's yeah. really good. Say it again, the smaller my bag. The smaller the ba- my bag, the larger my life. See? Yeah. And it just gives you freedom, doesn't it, to travel? You heard it, it here you... first, folks. It gives you oh, so yeah. much freedom. Gives you so much and so freedom. just quickly going forward, Darren, I know you've got this amazing skin line. Um, obviously, samples greatly appreciated, of course. Um, what, <laughs> okay. What's happening going forward for Darren Kennedy? Th- there's, I don't know is the answer. But all I know is that I feel so much freedom. I feel like I'm... Yeah. I kind of feel like I've I'm entering into the most exciting phase of my life because I yeah. feel like I've done like I discovered myself. I feel yeah. you know I feel on fire actually. Great, uh, and you know what? I, I I kind of need to apologise for that that question. We're always asked in our industry as such, and it's very hard to answer because you don't know what's coming down the road. Yeah, well, that's a good yeah. answer. But that's a brilliant answer as well, because I feel the same, even though people keep saying to me, what's on, what's next, Catherine? And I'm at last able to say, I don't know, but I am ready. I mean, I don't know. I don't know, but I have got goals and there are things that I'm striving yeah. for. But actually, I'm kind of at a place where I'm like, I'm just so happy doing what I'm doing yeah. and and yeah. continually kind content. of pushing forward and then just bloody enjoying it. Heard well, look, will you give our love to New York, please? Oh, I will. I'll give, I'll give the big apple a big kiss. Yes. Oh, tell Union Square I love it, and I hope the girl is still walking around with her boobies out. <laughs> oh, and the naked cowboy. <laughs> Happy New Year, Darren Kennedy. I became friends with her when I was living in Union Square, of course. Uh, you're busty. Well, yeah, listen, I hope 2023 is amazing for you both, and thank you so much. Really enjoyed oh, the Thank chat. you, Darren, and I see you on the street in Dublin when you come back. Yes, and we'll buy you a lovely drink. Yes. I look forward to it. You're on. Manhattan. We'll buy you a Manhattan. <laughs> And so we have reached the end of another episode. Our LGBTQ plus quote of the week this week comes from writer, director and producer Janet Mock who said, I believe that telling our stories first to ourselves and then to one another and the world is a revolutionary act. Oh well, thanks as always for listening and we'll see you same time next week for another trip around the world in 80 Gay!